whatever makes you happy at the beginning, here, or happier-ish, or like less, <laughs> less volatile, I guess. It totally was. It totally wasn't until it was. <laughs> it was absolutely general until it got specific. <laughs> All right. So, also same thing. Put your arms wherever you like, your legs wherever you like, whatever. Again, makes you feel like you can be pretty still and comfortable-ish, including whether you close your eyes or not. So everything is a choice. I'm just going to give you suggestions and facilitate things, but you make all the decisions around that. It's me telling him to be quiet. Do you want to that? No, it's okay. All right. So once you're down and in whatever position you chose, including like futzing around until you find one that you like. Then close your eyes or keep them open. If they're open, try to fix them on something just so that it's a little easier to pay attention. And then turn your attention to, first you can just listen to the sounds as they move around the room and to people futzing around next to you. And there's nothing wrong with anything that's happening. It's just to become aware of what's happening in this room. You can go from what's happening in the room to just how your body feels in contact with the mat or with the floor. So just become aware of things that are touching the ground, the parts of your backside of you that are not. There's no need to analyze, even if you are. It's just to become aware of it and to notice when you wander, bringing your attention closer and closer and further and further inward. body's contact with surface down to a specific part of that contact. Pay attention to your breath. And the breath will affect the contact that your body has with the floor to varying degrees and in specific regions. And although it's not something that perhaps you could take a picture of or write a dissertation on, you can make just the breath and its change and effect on the body interesting, just simply by noticing it and then returning when you wander away from it. not just to the breath. And again, there's choices. If the movement of the breath was more helpful in gaining your focus, then use that. If sound is more helpful, if surface contact is more helpful, that's, all of those are fine. 
the breath is there as well. And it's not that one's better than the other. It's simply that you're making a choice of something that will drag you back to the present when you wander. And the wandering's not even bad. It's that you're trying to notice what you're doing and then why you're doing it. And to do that, you have to have an access point to the present or the access point to come back to, to know when you leave and why you leave or where the present is to make good choices off of for here and now. So as often as it takes, just return. One thing over and over. It's up to you whether you want to deepen the breath or not. If that's something that you find helpful, fine. If it causes more anxiety or feels counterproductive in some way, just leave the breath as is. And remember that whatever your chosen focal point is, it will be there to return to and to then expand out from whenever you need. If you're really close to the wall, you may have to scoot back. If your legs are outstretched, you should be fine and might have to move a little closer. But just all of you bend your knees and put your feet on the floor. And just let your spine do what it does in relation to that. And then without adapting your spine's position, stretch one leg out onto the floor and then the other. And then just let them relax and flop for a moment. So if they turn out naturally, let that happen. And then take your arms to your sides. You can turn your palms up to the ceiling or you can turn them sideways towards the sides of your body, depending on what feels more comfortable to you. And then just allow your body to relax again. And make it fairly simple. Have your feet feel like distance-wise away from one another, like they're roughly in line with how wide your hip joints are. And you might want to start them a little closer and then wiggle them away from one another until it feels like, okay, that's, that's good width-wise. And then from your hip joints, start to turn the legs. Roll the inner thighs down towards the floor or turn your knees in towards one another, knowing that's happening from your hip. And then roll them away from one another, turning your knees or the thighs out towards the sides. You can roll in and out until it feels like, yeah, that's roughly my kneecaps facing straight up. That feels like if the kneecap straight up was neutral, that feels fairly neutral for me. And then just notice where that is. Where does that feel like it sits for you in space? What part of the back of your heels is touching? Now, if you're really far away from the wall, remember this. You can relax a bit. Scoot yourself into the wall so that your feet are touching it and that you can anchor into the wall. And then same thing. You can start with the feet fairly close together and scooch them away from one another until it feels like, yeah, that's roughly hip distance apart of my feet. Feels like it would be fairly stable if I was standing. And then same thing, rolling the legs in and out, laterally, medially, or 
external, internal, or in-out rotating until it's like, yep, that feels pretty neutral in my hip and it doesn't bother my groin or lower back at all. And then once you find that neutral and let your feet and legs become still, and then just notice, so the back part of the heels touching the floor in some way, most likely the calf touching the floor somewhere, some part of perhaps the thigh, for some of you not till up much higher, closer to the pelvis. And then back of the pelvis, back of your rib cage, arms, back of your head, all touching the floor at the same level. And then parts of you that are moving away from the floor, so the back of your heels, knees, perhaps the lower back, the neck. So can you know where that is in space? Could you replicate that if you were to stand? And once you've noted that, now a little bit of effort here. So with your knees facing fairly straight up, start to anchor your feet into the wall. Now how would be the question. How do you do that? Well, push the balls of your feet into the wall a lot so that the heels feel like they're moving away from the wall some. And you can go in and out, pulsing that back and forth, or you can press in and hold until you find where are the muscles or what does it feel like to try to pull my heels away from the wall. And once you find those, and once you figure that one out, then push your heels into the wall, see if you can pull the balls of your feet off the wall. So where are the muscles that go the other direction, or what does it take to move the ankle the other direction? Once you figure that one out, then Try to pull the inside edge of your foot up away from the wall. The pinky side pushing into the wall, the big toe side lifting up away. And then the opposing direction, so the invert, evert muscles, the muscles that move your foot side to side. Then eventually let your skeleton, the sole of your foot, rest on the wall pretty stably and start to add effort. So without moving the feet off of the wall, can you find all of those little different muscles? The ones that pulled the heel away, the ones that pulled the ball of the foot away, the inside, the outside, until it feels like your feet are anchored on the wall. And if you, as you're doing that, it's feeling odd in your ankle or your knee or your groin, then change what you're doing. Change the skeletal position, turn the legs one way or the other, or fire one set of muscles a little bit more or less. Now keep your feet anchored and keep them the distance apart that they are, but hug your legs together in effort. And then press them away from one another in effort. There's two little fights happening up in the hips. And then while you're doing that, now go a little bit lower. Straighten your knees out a lot or find the muscles above your knees, the front side. And then at the same time, press your heels down into the ground. See if you can find the muscles at the back of the legs that bend the knees and press the back of your knees up away from the floor. Now all these little muscles are going to start to fight a little at a time until there comes a time where you feel like your feet are anchored into the wall. The legs feel fairly stable. Perhaps you feel supported from the waist down. And then make note of where's the body in space? Where is your skeleton? And when you think you have that figured, you can get yourself up to standing however you want. You can face the middle or face the wall, whatever will allow you to focus more on you. And then once standing, you'll start just without any work, get the skeleton in place. 
So if you're an eyes closed person, close your eyes. If you're an eyes open and you want to fix them on the floor at a point so you can turn your attention inward, fine. So the same idea would be you can bring the legs close together and move them away from one another until it feels like your heels are under your hips and you feel stable. And you can turn the legs in or out, the feet in or out, and you can even have some asymmetry until it feels like, yeah, my knees are fairly straightforward. That feels pretty good, pretty natural. And just let your arms hang at your sides. And then start lining things up before you start working. The back of your heels, calves, back of the thigh, pelvis, upper back, back of head, we're all touching the same surface a moment ago. Can you tilt the pelvis back and forth, the chin up and down until you find that skeletal position you had when you were lying down, roughly. Now lift your heels up away from the floor. You can go up and down, same idea, or you can come up and hold. You don't have to go very high. Just where are those muscles, the backs of the lower legs? And then you can go the opposing direction, heels down. You might have to work one foot at a time or you'll tip over backwards. Once you find the muscles that run up the shins, or figure out how to move the ball of the foot off the ground, then you can do the inside and outside until eventually you leave the soles of your feet on the ground and you start to use each one of those muscles a little bit at a time to anchor and stabilize the lower legs and feet. And then you can go up a little higher, muscles that straighten the knees and the ones that bend them. And if you're a person who wants to move and bend the knees and straighten them until you find them, fine. If you can find them just while standing, fine. And these will eventually stay straight, but you'll hold them there, stable from both sides. And same idea of squeeze the legs together, press them apart until eventually your hips and the lower part of your abdomen most likely feel stable. And all of that should be happening without the skeleton moving in position, just stabilizing where it was previously. And here you are, just standing, stable from the waist down, and that will make it harder to be stable. So once you're done with standing, lie down, stay in position on your back and the feet touching the wall. Start relaxed to start with, get your skeleton in place for you. And then you can start to stabilize from the feet, lower legs, all the way up. So the width, the turnout, the asymmetry you had for your feet standing, mimic that here. Now you don't have to balance when you're lying down, so it's a little bit easier. Just bend your right, or let's do left first. Bend your left knee, put your left foot on the floor, like constructive rest. Now this right leg, anchor it into the wall as if you were standing on it. And the problem becomes you're now asymmetrical. So no longer do you have these two feet to balance your weight in space, you'd only have the one. 
So to require you to start to play with the idea of the inside and outside edge of the foot a little more, perhaps pressing the inside edge down somewhat more. And then the muscles in the outer hip that took the legs apart and the ones in the inner thighs that took them together, start to play with those until in your mind, think, hmm, that might be a leg I could stand on. And just put your hands around your waist at the top of your pelvis and just notice the sides of the pelvis are level away from the wall for the most part. You're all individuals. But when hips up, hiked up more. You take your hand to the outer right edge of your pelvis and not hiked up or sticking out to the side. And then when you've got that figured out, go to the other leg. So left foot on the wall, right foot on the floor. And you may have an easier time with one leg than the other, just in terms of accessing muscles here. But playing with the inside, outside edge of both the lower leg and the upper leg up at the hip. And eventually when you have this left leg sort of figured out, and you can stand yourself up and you can turn, and you stand on your block with one foot, the low height, not the tall height, don't be a maniac. You can turn to the side so that one of your hands is on the wall, and you'll start with your right foot on the block and the left foot on the floor. Take whatever direction you want. And again, you can have eyes open and fixed or closed. Start with the left foot on the floor, right foot on the block. And before you lift up, get your skeleton in place. So left foot on the floor, bend your right knee. Bingo. You can do hand on your hip, or you can do arm hanging to your side. If it would just a moment, take your right hand to the outside edge of your right hip. Out where your thigh bone meets the side of your pelvis. And just notice that right one will be sticking out to the side some. Now before you go anywhere, Back of head, upper back, back of pelvis, left leg, all the way down to the floor in one line. And stabilize, even here, lower legs, upper legs, both sides. And you can put your left hand back on the wall, and when you're ready, the muscles in the outside edge of your right hip, use those and your knee straighteners. Just lift your left leg up off the floor and to hover in one-legged flying tadasana. Now just notice, do you have a lean? Because you're going to have to have a little one. But can you combat the lean of the pelvis towards the wall by thinking about the muscles that push your legs away from one another? And you get the right side and left side of the pelvis to be even. Now could you do this without your hand on the wall? Could you hold? What if you had to start swinging your stand, the leg that's hanging down just a little front to back? Should you do that without it impacting the standing leg? What if you had to take it slightly out to the side? And if you move slowly, pay attention to the standing leg and the hip and the waist. There'll be these micro little adjustments that you have to make in order to move the leg without it impacting the portion of the body that's staying fairly still. And then 
eventually we move to the other side. Just step and turn, and you learn how to do it on the first side, so now on your own. We first to get the skeleton in place, then to stabilize it, then to move and fly, and not to rush, to take your time. You can use your hand at first and eventually without. And then to move the flying leg. If you create a lot of stability in the standing leg, around the waist, around the hips, you can move this right leg at the hip joint, hopefully without it massively impacting the standing structure, with it only causing you to make little minor adjustments here and there. this figured out. And you're going to lie down on your back in much the same way, but this time put your right foot on the block and have it up against the wall. So imagine the wall was the floor. Stand your block up so that you can put your right foot on it much like you were doing just a moment ago. Oh, shit. And I'm swearing. <laughs> Should be your left foot. Sorry. Put your left foot on it. <clears throat> My bad. And then straighten your left knee out, and the right foot will not be touching the wall, just the left foot will be touching the block. You can have your arms at your sides, you can have them on your hips, whatever you like. Skeleton in place, then start to stabilize. You push the left foot into the block, anchor it. Just notice, left leg from the heel all the way up the back body, all the way to the back of your head, all in one line, hanging out. Right knee straight. Now, you put your right hand on the crease of your right hip or up at the front of the thigh where it meets the pelvis. Start to lift your right leg up off the ground a few inches. Good. And then back down again. So lift the leg up and down with the knee straight. And see how far you can lift this leg up off the ground without it impacting the left side of the body at all and without it affecting your spine. You may get it to 70 degrees, you may get it to 80, some of you may get it close-ish to 90. But when you cannot take this leg up away from the floor any further with the knee straight, then bend it and see how far can you take the leg with the knee bent without it impacting the rest of the body, without it tipping the pelvis, without it flattening the lower back, without it changing the left leg. You might have to go up and down a few times. Okay, but when you figure out how far you can fold the thigh in towards you without it impacting anything else, just stop and hold the leg there. And then of that leg, the thigh pulled in this height towards you as it'll go. The knee as bent as it needs to be to make that happen. Keep the whole left side stable. Bend your right knee as far as it'll go in effort. And then let the inside edge of the right foot come towards the inner left thigh. 
figure out, without the left side changing, without the pelvis tipping one way or the other, you're going to have to work really hard. Can you start to take the right knee out to the right? Can you rotate from the hip joint? And then bring it back up. So turn in and turn out. The knee will come nowhere near the floor for any of you. So it's how far can you turn that leg off the midline without it impacting the structure on the left side, without it impacting the spine. And when you figure that out, eventually hold the leg to the degree it'll turn out. Push the thigh and your foot together at that point. And if you need your eyes, you can look with your eyes at where the thigh is facing off the ceiling. How many degrees is a turn? You're all very different, so don't worry about what everyone else is doing. And maybe reach your arms overhead. Reach towards the middle of the room. Stretch back. Push your foot into the block. Think stable. And when you've got this side figured out, then switch the block to the other leg and start from scratch. So first it would be to find flying Tadasana on the block. Then it'll start to be just flexing the left hip. And you can put your hand on the hip crease. So how high the leg lifts is inconsequential. With the knee straight, you're just trying to see how far will it go? How many degrees can I solely flex the hip without other joints in my body getting involved? Knowing it's not gonna go where you are going to ask it to go with the knee straight. So eventually to get the hip to fold to your max, you'll have to bend the knee. So do that eventually. Where do you lose the standing leg? Where do you lose the spine's position? Keep the integrity of the important parts, the things that we're working on. Be not concerned about how close it gets to you, the parts that are the furtherances. Once you've figured out the hip, then it's to bend the knee. To go as far as it'll go for you, then to let it rest on the inner thigh. And then to add the rotational bit of this, one piece at a time. So where are the muscles that turn the thigh bone? Where are the ones on the opposing side of the waist that prevent the pelvis from going with the leg? Do you need your eyes to see where you're taking the leg too far and where now the pelvis, instead of being square to the ceiling, is offset towards the road or towards the back of the room? And eventually, when you figure it out, hold the leg in place, stabilize it, and then maybe you reach your arms overhead. And you reach back as you anchor the foot that's on the block in an effort to get a, perhaps a little bit more stable. And then when you figure that out, you hug your knees in, rock yourself up, you put your left foot on the block, standing again, and start to mimic this in a standing position. So left foot on the block, right leg can hover. 
skeleton in place first, which means not tucking or your butt under you or sticking it out more than just you have naturally lying down on the floor. Now challenge one would be to do it with your hand touching the wall. The other would be to do it without the wall perhaps and maybe you do both. So first flying Tadasana, stable. Then just the right leg swinging in front of you without it impacting standing leg or the spine. So how far can you take this right leg up without having to bend the knee? Where will it lift to without you impacting your left leg, your lower back? When you can't go any further, then add the bending of the knee. If you're tactile, if you want to put one hand on your lower back or on the belly to see where you're tipping your pelvis, fine. Eventually, once you've added the knee bend, then it'll be, you can use your hand because it's harder than when you're lying down to grab the foot and put it on the inner thigh. Put your hands on your waist, and if you've got that foot up really high, this right side of the pelvis might be up away from the floor higher, which means scoot your leg down a little lower. Scoot the foot down some. You don't get a, there's no job resume that requires you to put your foot up in your groin. Just saying. And then point the knees pretty straight forward and start to rotate it out to the side. You remember the angle you had lying down, so how far does it angle out without your pelvis turning? And then maybe you try without the wall. Stabilize the standing leg. And maybe you reach up. How do you compose this one piece at a time? And then just notice, because this right leg is out to the side more, the outside edge of the left hip likes to push out to the left. Can you combat some of that so that you're not sitting and working instead? That's it. And when you've had enough with this left leg as the anchored leg, then turn yourself around and try the other. Build things one piece at a time. Be curious about how things are built. Starting at square one, just skeleton in place, then stabilized skeleton in place, Tadasana, then moving the leg just in the fold part, so swinging the left leg forward, folding the hip a few degrees. Take your time. Eventually, when you folded it enough, then you add the other pieces. That was the knee bending, hip folding part. Mm -hmm. Where are the muscles in the standing leg that anchor and stabilize the ankle? Eventually, when you've got the knee fold, the hip fold, then you can use your hand, put the foot on the inner thigh, or you can go lower. But very advanced tree poses have a foot at the ankle. Then it'll be to bring the knee somewhat forward and to rotate it towards the middle of the room until you figure out how far you can rotate the hip. Now, if it's pulling in the groin or around your sit bones, or at the back of your pelvis or lower back, then rotate less or lower the foot down. No need for that to feel counterproductive in the joints. 
play with how to level the pelvis, how to stay stable. Depends on proportions. You may have to let the hip jut out a little bit. Can you firm the outer hip muscles so that it's not going too far? And then eventually reach up when you're ready. Wait not for me if you are ready before I say. If you know what comes next, you're free to go. Or to take your time if you're not ready when I offer something. And consider reaching up. Reaching up so you have a counter to this foot and leg that's anchoring down. And the breath is always there to bring you back. And then when that's figured out, off the block you can go. And same thing, set it up so that your left foot is on it. Lying down, sorry, my bad. I thought you were in my head there for a minute where you could see what was coming next. Now this time, once you're lying down, same idea. Stabilize this as if it was Shadasana. Arms by your sides, and now we'll remove one of the components. Put your hand on your right hip crease again, same idea. And then start to lift your right leg up away from the floor. Seeing how far you can fold this hip without it impacting the rest of the structure. Now you're going to have to get this hip roughly to 90 degrees. So when you can't lift it anymore without changing the standing leg or changing your spine's position, then bend the knee a bit until you get this right thigh bone folded at a right angle. The idea is to get the hip to 90 and to not worry about how far you have to bend the knee to accomplish that. The priority is the hip. And then once you figure that out, then arms by your sides, and you can look up at your foot. I want you to figure out how to make the foot look like it was standing on the ceiling. Arms at your sides, stable. Once you've got this leg figured out, then flop legs. The other foot on the block and figure out how far do you have to bend the knee to get the hip folded to 90, doing the hip fold first. And then eventually bending the knee to the degree that gets the hip folded to 90. And even though you're moving this leg through space and it doesn't require a tremendous amount of stability or effort, can you figure out how to make this left leg move as if it was carrying your body weight? Now for some of you, as you start to figure out how to make the foot look like it would be standing on the ceiling, have a hard time because you would have to change your ankle range a heck of a lot, which would mean maybe your entire body will not be parallel to the floor because right here your foot is not parallel to the ceiling. So just be aware you might have a tipped 
next version of this pose. And when you figured out the left leg, then you can flip yourself over onto your belly and lie yourself on your bolster when you're doing that. So flip over and have it support your pelvis all the way through your chest. And if you're tall, you can put a block or two at the end. And then scooch far enough away that your feet aren't touching the wall anymore. You have your feet the distance apart that you would have them standing for Tadasana and flipped over like they would be if you were standing, so like plank feet. And then straighten your knees out. So flip your feet like they would be for plank, not up dog. There we go. And then get your head and neck to fairly neutral. You can have your arms at your sides, and if that's not working, then consider putting a another block underneath your chest so that you're stable. You can also do block under forehead if you'd like. And then arms, hover them up next to your sides like you are flying in Tadasana on your belly. So straight knees, anchored lower legs, anchored upper legs. Now we're having to work the back muscles, the backs of the arms, maybe the back of the neck. Now don't go for height. Just start to point your right toes so that you feel the muscles in the back of the leg working to hold the leg up at the same height as the left. Okay, and then switch legs. So how do you keep the hips at the same place that they were? How do you keep the thighs at the same height as one another? And now keep holding this left leg up. So long as you feel stable enough on that bolster, can you keep the left leg where it is and bend the right knee, letting the right hip fold until your right knee grazes the ground? Foot still on the floor, just right knee touching the floor. That's it. And then straighten it back out. And then re-bend it. So how do you let this right hip fold without affecting the left side or the upper body? Very nice. And then eventually you can try the other leg. So left foot will be like plank, right toes will point, right leg will hover at the same height as the left, and then the left knee will start to bend, the hip will fold, the knee will graze the ground, not turning out to the side, just kneecap coming down to the floor, both legs pretty much like they're still in plank. That's it. And when you have that all figured out and all the muscles in the back line that are working to help hold you in one place, except for this left leg moving, then stand yourself up and put the two tall blocks in front of you. And you can face the wall or the middle, it doesn't matter to me, but you need to have enough space that your head won't hit the wall and your foot won't kick either the wall or the person across from you. Two tall blocks and then stand behind them in Tadasana, upright. I missed you. Sorry. I was trying so hard. That was multitasking at its finest. <laughs> okay, so stand, feet distance apart, asymmetry, whatever you figured out works for you for Tadasana. And then arms at your sides. Pelvis, neck, all in your personal neutral position. Then start to stabilize from the lower legs up through the upper legs, through the hips waist, 
And put your hand on the crease of your right hip, the front of the thigh. You're going to fold from there. Tip your torso, pelvis forward a few degrees, and step your right leg behind you so that your upper body and the right leg are in Tadasana with the toes on the ground. You're just angled forward 20 degrees or so. Yep. Now, back of head, back of rib cage, pelvis, thigh on this right side, all in one long, or whatever legs behind you. Some of you are doing opposing legs. All the way down. Like Tadasana, left hip is just folded a little. Now, can you tip forward a bit more? Take the weight into your left foot. Let the right leg start to fly. Start to tip forward. Maybe you start to bend the knee. However much you figured out you had to bend the knee when you were lying down will be how much you have to bend it here. And then come on back up and just tip in and out, kind of like you were one of those water things in a bird feeder. Forward and back, that's what it makes me think in my mind. How do you do that with the raised leg staying in Tadasana, the spine staying in Tadasana? Same with the neck. How do you move from this left hip? How do you find balance? Well, you found these components before. Can you put them together? And move fairly slowly. And the blocks are there so that eventually you can put your hands on them. You can also stay down with your hands on the blocks, the standing knee as bent as you need to get it. You can be on your fingertips if it needs be, so if your arms are a little shorter than your leg is. You might need fingertips to get the spine neutral. And then maybe you play with just letting the raised leg toes come down towards the ground and then bringing that leg back and up, hinging from the hip and unhinging back to neutral. How do you do it without bending the knee or rotating past where you would be in Tadasana. Then eventually when you find stability in that, maybe you add, how do you hold the upper body, the neck, neutral, and fly the arms? Maybe they don't fly because it impacts the rest of the structure counterproductively. Eventually, you can stand back up and try the other leg. There's no rush, again. It's just to figure out how these things work. Oh, look, magically, warrior three. <laughs> Tree and warrior three, all in there. You have to create stability first so that you can move off of the standing leg hip. And if you don't find that, then the whole thing becomes wobbly. It's like building a skyscraper out of jello. Watch for where your neck wants to get involved, which will arch the whole spine. Watch where the hip wants to turn or where your mind says, I'm doing this with straight knees because it's advanced, advanced spiritual leaning over. <laughs> it's funny because that's what's true. <laughs> it's not advanced spiritual leaning over. It's working. <laughs> There's totally kundalini shooting out of your heads. I'm just kidding. Eventually, you can stay folded over and just move the raised leg up and down, 
Notice where the knee wants to bend on the raised leg, maybe because your mind doesn't let you bend the standing knee, or maybe because the same, one of the same muscles that lifts the leg also bends the knee if you don't fight to combat that. When you've figured out eventually the components of this thing they call Warrior Three, then you can take your blocks and scooch them back a little closer to the wall. We'll figure out the height of this. So just a little bit closer and stand on one leg, I don't care which first, and put the other leg up the wall so that you have a foot on the wall in Warrior Three and your hands on the blocks. This will be to set the skeleton up first. Now, for some of you, taking the raised leg foot up to hip height is not possible unless you bend the standing knee. And for some of you, even at that point, if you notice that your ankle was not going to let you stand on the ceiling when you were flipped over, then you might need to lower the raised leg a little lower than the hip, lift the torso up a bit, come up onto your fingertips, and you'll be at a little bit of an angle from head through raised leg. That's it. Now, stabilize. Once you're here, make sure the blocks are right underneath your shoulders so that you're not having to reach forward for them. Okay. Standing leg anchored and stable, raised leg anchored and stable, and pay attention. Back of knee, back of sit bone area, back of pelvis, groin, none of that should have sensation in it. And if it does, bend the standing knee more, or lower the raised leg down a few inches. Once your skeleton's in place, there's no counterproductive sensation, put your, the leg that's up the wall, put that hand on your hip. So I think it's right leg for all of you. Then you can use your eyes if you'd like, but watch the pelvis. The muscles that turn the leg when you were doing tree are the same muscles that are going to start to turn the pelvis away from the floor now. You can let the foot that's on the wall start to turn too. The wall's just there for anchoring but turn and then turn back to where you started. Now there ain't nobody in here who's gonna get hip over hip unless you're exploiting hypermobility. So watch the standing knee, watch the standing foot, and when it looks like those are turning in even minorly, stop rotating the pelvis off the floor at that point. Even if you've only turned two or three degrees, that's fine. And then you can put the raised or the standing leg, the opposing hand on your hip. Perhaps the chest and gaze turn sideways a tiny bit, but really it'd just be in line with how far your pelvis turned. So you can do this thing with a bent knee. You can also do it with the leg lower than hip height, and there's no way the pelvis is going to stack, no way the shoulders are going to stack. Whoever said that? didn't have an MRI machine. So half moon, in theory. Neck neutral, once you get it turned, back of head, upper back, back of pelvis, raised leg, all Tadasana, all that's happened is the standing leg has flexed at the hip and rotated. 
That's it. Eventually, when you figure out one leg, you can switch sides and do the other. If you need a break in between or to stand up and shake your legs out or squat down, do whatever you want. And poses show up real fast in class sometimes, not necessarily here. So how do you relate to them or how do your students relate to them? It's important they know. The only difference between warrior three and half moon is that the standing leg hip has rotated. Same thing that happened in tree pose to the raised leg. Fixed object, moving object. It's the difference. There the raised leg was the moving object. Here it's the standing leg. So shoulder over shoulder gets weird if you don't have very much rotation. So does raising the top arm up for a lot of you. I feel like your top shoulder is odd. The hand on the hip is the same thing. If you were going to balance this, it would be to try to get the fingers to lighten off that block, but if the rest of the pose becomes chaos, then what's the point? It's not to use the block to sit down into, but it's a good thing, especially if you have longer legs than you do arms. time, figure out both sides. You can even go back to the original side if you'd like. You'd also take the wall away from you and see what happens. Does it fall apart when you don't have the wall? What would happen if you got rid of the blocks? For a lot of you that just will be so counterproductive. And then where do all the old stories show up about how this pose is supposed to be? We did the construction of it. And the raised leg and the standing leg, consider them being hip distance apart. So instead of lining up your heels or taking that top leg behind you, the top leg would come closer to your face, not closer to the back of your head. And then just know you could do this lying down and it would be the same thing in terms of joint position. Which we will do. And whenever you're done, no rush again, but when you're done, you lie down on your back with your bolster to the right side of your mat. Feet at the wall side. I wasn't going to be that specific, but seeing as you asked. And then lie however you'd like once you're down. And again, there's no rush. Take your time. You can hug your knees in if you'd like.
rock up and down a bit if you'd prefer. You can hold still. Any and all are viable options. All very mechanical and technical. Now a little bit more freeform. Bring your legs to constructive rest or knees bent, feet on the floor. Take your bolster off to the right side of your pelvis and snuggle it up next to you. you take your arm up and over it. If it's too long, you can turn it the other direction if you need. So like it's next to you and you're hugging it. Voila. Your cozy friend right next to you. That's so nice. So now right leg. Straighten the right knee out some. Doesn't have to get terribly straight. Reach it up towards the ceiling. With your thighs roughly at the same angle as one another. If you're too close to the wall, you'll have to scooch back. And then start to lower your right leg down towards the floor some, and then bring it back up to where you started, and perhaps in a little closer. And then the options become many. So long as it doesn't feel odd in the groin or around the sit bones or the lower back, you can add some rotation to this leg. You can bend the knee as much as you'd like. You can explore taking the leg out towards the bolster with the knee bent or straight, rotated or not. You can play with taking it somewhat across you to the left. Just let the hip be explored in a little bit more of an organic way with more options. You can also take the left leg out onto the floor if you prefer it there. If it changes this and makes it feel not as productive, and bring it back into where you started. And the wall is there if you were to want to anchor it, which would be to make it a little bit more rigid, a little bit more stable. But again, the choices are yours. And you can even play with using your arms, hug the knee in, let the arms help you take the leg one direction or the other. You can also hold still in one of these positions if it feels wise, necessary for you, worth exploring. Sensation in the joints and the groin around the sit bones, none of that is productive. If there was productive sensation, it would be in the belly of all the muscles. But perhaps there would be none at all. When you're done with the right leg, whenever that is, remove the left one. Change, hug your bolster with your other arm. It's really there so you can take the leg to the side without gravity being such an issue. First just up and down and then maybe in and out. 
And the idea is to watch your tendencies, to watch what you're doing. So as you move this leg, in just an organic, free exploration way, where do these poses that are ingrained in us these days show up? Are they needed? Exploring them for what they are could be worthwhile, but also just learning your hip and how it moves and all the different ranges that are possible can be very helpful. Where is too far? Where is unwise? Where is wise? What is needed? How does the ankle position change? How does the opposing leg change this? leverage from your arms, change it. Is that needed? Is it not? Remember, the breath is there to bring you back. leg enough. Feel free to move both legs if you want to hug them both in. To move them both perhaps in circles or to hold them statically. Or maybe to move them in opposition, letting one do one thing, the other do the other. Something completely different. Maybe you hold still. Eventually. Make your way back to constructive rest whenever you're ready. Moving the legs a lot, moving them off the hip. Now letting the legs be still, moving the pelvis and spine off the hip. Let's just start by tipping the sit bones up and down away from the floor. Little mini cat-cow tilts on your back, little ones. Let that undulate up into the rest of the spine if you'd like. Also play with lifting the pelvis an inch or two, one way or the other. Again, if there's sensation showing up in the joints, groin, or if you'd prefer to stay still, all of those are worth it. Stay away from things that are counterproductive, 
make choices, to be still, even if everyone else is moving or I'm offering something else. And also play with keeping the pelvis down and engaging one side of the glutes and the other and letting the pelvis tip a little side to side. Subtle little movements. You can also change the arm position. Take the arms out or overhead and play with rolling the head side to side. Letting more of the spine get involved. If you feel like you would like to flip over and lift the chest off the floor or cat-cow on all fours, you can do that and stay where you are as well. You can lay over the bolster and lift the legs and chest up off of the floor. Just exploring moving the spine a bit. And also be with the breath lying down. And be completely still if you'd like. If you choose cat cow, just know that's one dimensional. There's no lateral movements in any of that. You can do circles if you'd like. You tip side to side. There's many options to explore before eventually you get still. Explore what works for you while others do what works for them around you. Another few moments, but at a certain point, make your way to whatever shape you'd like to hold for the remainder. It can be on your back, 
can be on your belly, it can be on your side. You can stick your legs up the wall if you'd like. You can try a few things until one of them feels most comfortable, the wisest, the choice of the day that you prefer in life. Just make sure anything you choose to hold for the remainder is going to be sustainable. Which means it's not sitting in the joints. It's not a huge amount of sensation. It's something that you could perhaps sleep in wisely and still get up tomorrow. Ultimately, when you've found that position, then move through the same process of first going from outside of you. You can sense the temperature of the room, perhaps, or the sound of traffic. Noticing there's a difference between observing and thinking about. Observing the sensations in the body and knowing that if you're having to fidget a lot, that perhaps the shape is not worthwhile. Moving from that sensation of the body, the sounds, the temperature, down to the breath. For just the subtlest little changes that the breath makes to your body and the structure. It happens both on the inhale and the exhale. choosing a focal point to ignore counterproductive sensation or to ignore sound or to ignore anything else, but to hone and refine the skill of actually being able to observe many things within the moment eventually. Being able to see the subtle nuance, changes, differences, moment to moment, day to day, to know how to get back when you wander. That's all this next part is about. Be with a focal point. 
return to it. Something comes that is not worth ignoring, adapt and then return.
explore breath moving in and out, perhaps with a little bit of a deeper piece. sounds in the room or the not so subtle ones. And taking your time to explore maybe little movements in your body, bigger ones if necessary. Noticing the room moving around you as well. Do a little bit of that at a time until eventually you get up to a seated position of your choosing. seated position, do eyes open or close, come back to being fairly still. <clears throat> every time's a little different, every day's a little different. There's nothing wrong with the mind wandering, there's nothing wrong with making things up to know when you are, to know when it's useful, when it's not, to gain the skill of clarity. Just know why you're doing what you're doing. Then join your hands together. Bow your head if you like. Lift your head up when you're ready. Open your eyes if they're closed. Namaste. Namaste. Hello. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. My pleasure. I could have left you there longer. <laughs> <laughs>